So tonight, we, the topic we want to look at is King Jeroboam, a king who led the people of God astray. And like we have read, I want us to look at 1 King chapter 14. 1 King 14, 7 to 10. I have it there, and I want you to look at that text closely. God said, go say to Jeroboam, thus says the Lord God of Israel, because I exalted you from among the people and made you a leader over my people Israel and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, yet you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commandment and who followed me with all his heart to do only that which was right in my sight. You also have done more evil than all who were before you and have gone and made for yourself other gods and modern images to provoke me to anger and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, behold, I am bringing calamity on the house of Jeroboam and we cut off from Jer Jeroboam every male person, both bound and free in history. And I will make a clean sweep of the house of Jeroboam, as one sweeps away dung until it is all gone. Jeroboam, no doubt, was one of the most influential men in the history of history. After Solomon's death, the nation of Israel divided into two kingdoms. <clears throat> and what you have is from 1 Kings chapter 1 to chapter 11, you have a united kingdom. They were together as a nation. From 1 Kings chapter 12 onward, what you have is a divided kingdom, Israel and Judah. Jeroboam ruled over Israel. Rehoboam ruled over Judah. Now, if you cast your mind back quickly, Solomon was appointed by God to be king over Israel. And God gave him all of the admonitions in 1 Kings chapter 2 that if you walk in my way, this is what will happen to you. Because of what David did, and now to you, God said, you know, Ask me whatever, and we remember the story. He said, God, give me wisdom that I may be able to rule these great people you have given to me. And God said, wow, wonderful. Because you did not ask for riches or wealth or whatever, I will give to you wisdom. And in addition, all this thing you have not asked, I will give. And so God gave Solomon wisdom. And we saw how he displayed this wisdom. As a move, we saw over time that Solomon deviated from the will of the Lord. And because of what Solomon did, God was angry with him. And told prophet Ahijah that, listen, I selected Solomon because of David. Of the because of the promise, way, I will tear the kingdom. And I will give chunk of the kingdom, the ten tribes to Jeroboam, his servants. And God told Jeroboam 
the reasons for that. But Jeroboam never learned. Quite unfortunate. In 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 34, the Bible says, Jeroboam did evil in the sight of the Lord and walk in the way and he did even in the sight of the Lord and walk in the way of Jeroboam and he sings with which he made his strength to sing. So you're wondering with Jeroboam. Now this is Jeroboam, what we call Jeroboam the two. Now there is something I need to point out. Cumulatively put together, it was said of Jeroboam more than 25 times, 25 times different places that Jeroboam made Easter to sing. Jeroboam was a man of God a king, God selected him. He was supposed to lead the people in the way of the Lord. But no, every other reference made to Jeroboam was how he led the people of God away from God. How subsequent generations were following the evil of Jeroboam. Both his sons, every other person that comes after him were following in his footsteps. Tonight, our lesson focus is the first worship that Jeroboam established. And I want us to see some lessons as it flows and connects. In 1 Kings 12, verse 26 to 31, that's where our readers read this evening. Jeroboam said in his heart, I want you to take note of that word. He said in his heart, it's all about our hearts. Now shall the kingdom return to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. God sent to him Prophet Ahijah. Prophet Ahijah was wearing a new robe. And as he grabbed the cloth, the cloth tore. And God said, yeah, you see how the, that cloth tore? Yeah, that's exactly what will happen. The kingdom has been torn from you. And 10 parts of that tribe has been given to you, Jeroboam. You will ordinarily expect that it will say, yeah, God is the one who made this a reality. God made the promise. But here is a man, because his heart was not right with God, because he has his own agenda to pursue. He said, oh, I've got to do something because these people might likely go somewhere else to go and worship Jehovah God. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, he said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy God, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And the Bible says he set one in better and the other he put in Dan. And this thing became a sin. For the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. And he made an house of high places. And made priests of the lowest of the people. Which were none. Which were not of the sons of Levi. Now look at that. My slide is flipping. But let me check. Yeah. Now I'm there. Just what was there about Jeroboam's worship that was so wrong? What is it about 
the worship Jeroboam set up for the people, that is so wrong. Because our focus is to look at the, the first religion he established for the people to follow. And the reason we are doing this is when we read this story, it's easier for us, you know, to say all sort of things. Oh, you see them, how they behave in the Old Testament. Oh, so there was a time we were reading the Old Testament. But I said, why, why are they so stubborn? Why, why, why is it they are so stubborn? Why are they? Then I say, yeah, just as we are stubborn today. We read the word of God, but that's just what it is. So what is it about Jeroboam's first worship? It was a false, Jeroboam was a false religious originator. And what is it Jeroboam did? The Bible says that he has done evil above all that were before him. For thou hast gone and made the other gods and more images to provoke me to anger and has cast me behind thy back. In other words, God is of no meaning to Jeroboam again. He was set out to achieve his own aim, his objectives. Not all religious activities are good in the sight of the Lord. In Mark chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus said, How beat in vain do they worship me? teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Sometimes within the lost body, we tend to attribute some of this Bible passage to denomination. What if we applied it inward? It would do some good? I think so. When we apply this scripture to ourselves, Apostle Paul will say in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, say, examine yourself and see whether you are in the faith. Just what was wrong? Jeroboam's worship was appealing to a lot of people. You get it? It was appealing. People love it. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 2, it was a clear explicit instruction that Moses gave to the people. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandment of the Lord your God, which I commanded you. That's what God said. But then, I want us to see something. The, the, the moment Jeroboam you know, said within, within himself, you know, if I give them this, how would they feel? I, I just, you know, I need to find a way to give them something that will be more appealing, you know, that will make them feel comfortable, you know. And so just think about it. The worship he established, you know, he gave them, say, at least they will love it. I set one in Dan. I'm going to show later the connection between Dan and Better. I give them one here, I put it here. I will sit in the middle. So, you know, he stay in the middle between Dan and Better. I'll stay there, I'll position them. You know, just give, keep them busy, you know. You know, many people are interested in new things. Kind of, that's how it looks to them. Of course, idolatry is not new to Israelites because God has punished them on that severally. 
It does not matter what it is. Sometimes people come with new ideas. You know, people just accept them. You know, oh, let's try it out. People are doing it, let's do it. In our worship today, we must not seek after that which looks new, but only that which is according to the second John I. Anyone who goes ahead and does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the teaching of Christ has both the Father and the Son. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus told his disciples, teaching them to not observe all things that I have commanded you. And when you do this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When you do the reverse, God is angry. I put them side by side. He who goes ahead, that's you run ahead, you run beyond the limits, you have no Christ. If you abide within, then you have the Father and the Spirit. That is, you know, that's the promise. But it's easier today for people to tell us it doesn't matter. Just what was there about Jerusalem, uh, Jeroboam's worship that was wrong? Jeroboam's worship was convenient. My slide here is flipping, but it's okay. I can see it. We'll look at, you see, the, the highlights I put in red is where, where I want us to read. It said in his heart. In his heart. Uh, wh what am I going to do? The place God selected was Jerusalem for his people to worship him. In 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 32, God has said because of what Solomon did, that he, God, his to David is Solomon, but for the promise he made to David, his father, he will retain a tribe for him because of his promise. But the Bible says Jeroboam devised in his own mind that, you know what? I'm going to give him two options. I make them, you know, two options that negate the commandments of God. And those two options he gave them was done and better. And the reason he gave was that it is too much. For you to travel all the way from Israel down to Judah in Jerusalem to go and worship. That's too much for you to do. Now, Dan, I need a map. I'll pull up the map shortly. So we, we've established that Jerusalem is a place. I, I need a map, but I'll get a map later. That's fine. Now, God gave the, the Jews, God gave to the Jews just one choice, Jerusalem. That is where they should go to worship God. I need you to follow me. Just one place, Jerusalem. Everywhere they are, they must come to Jerusalem. Acts to remember, all the despised Jews come on the day of Pentecost to observe the Feast of Pentecost. 
and you know, God through the apostles were preaching that day and 3,000 were baptized. So they will find their way to Jerusalem. So why God gave them just one place to go and worship? Jeroboam thought he was smart. He gave them two options. Either you choose Dan or you choose to go to Bethel. You, you will not need to go to Jerusalem. Today, some people decide which religious service they will attend based solely on what group meets, you know, closely to how they like it. Over there, we like how they used to do things. Over there, you know, there they've introduced some new innovations. You know, you come to this place, it just feels so dull. Everything is, you know, you go over there, you enjoy, you know, everything look, you know. Yeah. And then we tell people, you know, you, when you come in our service, we make you feel good. When you get here, you have coffee to drink. You know, you, you will not, of course, and when you drink coffee, you will not sleep. Africa were colonized by mostly the Europeans. And when they put you on the field to walk or in the office and they give you coffee, you know, you are going to walk yourself out. You won't sleep. You won't feel sleep. You know, as you know, people feel those today and they say, they say and so people tell you, you come, you know, you won't feel those in our worship. You'll just be alive. You know, we introduce many innovations. People like it. And I tell somebody, I say, I cannot leave my boy in the hands of false teacher. You know why? You just need to visit their worship one time. And when they plug the string, then you see my boy begin to, to twist his head. And he comes out and says, Daddy, you know, their service is so, so vibrant, you know, so lively. You know, ours, it looks so dull, right? It's just took it's just a little time. He continued to attend and he began to feel, oh, this place looks good, right? So I said, where my family worship matters. But I'm showing you the implication of what Jeroboam did. He told the Israelites, or, you know, where you worship God doesn't matter. You don't have to be in Jerusalem. And I'm saying today that many people are telling you, you don't have to be in some congregation and just worship the Lord. The Lord sees your heart. That's wrong. We must worship God in truth and in spirit. That's what God says. The next point. Let me leave this. Now, look at that map. Let me see if I can get the pointer. On. Okay, don't worry. What I wanted to show you, look at Dan over there, just up there. That was where he situated one of the others. And then he situated one down at the border of Judah here, which is better. Below better is where you have Jerusalem. Now, from better down to Jerusalem here, you know, as close as it looks like, it would take you about 30 miles, approximately 47 kilometers. He told the people, no, you don't have to go that 30 miles to go and worship God in Jerusalem. You just pick either better here or down over there and worship God, and you will be fine. You don't need to stress yourselves. And so, Jeroboam's worship allowed more people to be involved as priests. See what he did. 
everything, I'm showing us that everything Jeroboam did was to change the plan of God, to turn it upside down. Make it like what God is saying is of no value. He lessened the power of the word of God. He put it aside and he began to follow his own initiative. Like, this is what God says, but I can improve upon God's wisdom. In 1 Kings 13, 33, after this event, Jeroboam did not return from his evil way. Now, in context, let me return you back. There was a prophet that was sent to go and reprimand Jeroboam just while he was on one of the altar, burning incense to his first God. And as he was doing that, the man of God prophesied against him that, see what you are doing. This is what God said he will do to you in the future. And then he got angry, stretched out his hand to grab him, and his hand became stiff. And immediately, see what he did. He entreated the prophet of God and said, please pray for me that God may restore my hand back. And the prophet did. You will ordinarily think that he will come back to his senses. This event beginning to walk, you know, to make it right with God. No. He said, after this event, what I just said now, Jeroboam did not return from his evil way. But again, he made a priest of the high places from among all the people. Any who would, he ordained to be priest of the high places. And he made houses on high places and made priests from among all the people who were not of the sons of Levi. That was what he was doing. Interesting. But let me take you back, just so you can see what was wrong with what Jeroboam was doing. In Deuteronomy 18, 1 and 5, the Levitical priests, the whole tribe of Israel, shall have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the Lord's offering by fire and his portion. For the Lord, verse 5, for the Lord your God has chosen him and his sons from among all your tribe to stand and serve in the name of the Lord forever. That's what God says. No, Jeroboam said, no, that's not important. That was what Jeroboam did. But I need to point us to something. Maybe today, perhaps, and just exactly what I've heard many of our you know, ministers said, Maybe that's what Jeroboam is saying. Can you imagine what Jeroboam said to convince the people to accept this perverted worship? When people tell us today, when we say what you are doing is unscriptural, do you listen to many reasons people give for why they do what they do? Perhaps he's saying something like, you know, we are more open-minded here. We have more love. We are not ultra conservatives. The letters of go exactly by the law of the law. Or by, by, by the letters of the law. 
If you are sincere in your heart and want to be a priest, then God bless you. Just come. It doesn't matter. We know what many say about us today. And that's the point I want us to see. They say we are too strict because we do not have women serving as elders or preachers or at least leading singings and prayers. Make no mistake. There are several churches of Christ that now have elders, women elders, women preachers. People can think what they want, but we will continue to accept the teachings of the Bible. And let me read a few Bible passages for you. If you can, turn with me. I will discharge us. Don't, don't, don't bother. I, sometimes I just like the text to speak. Other churches of Christ might have women serving as their elders. They might have women serving as their unscriptural things that God has not said, like instrument of music, to make the service or our worship contemporary, to fit into what the youths of nowadays, as they are craving for, want to. No, we will not do that. We will do simply what God said we should do. Read with me 1 Timothy chapter 2, from verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, from verse 8. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere. Please understand. Somebody have said men. That is used in a generic form. I study uh, biblical language. So, to an extent, I may not be a scholar of Greek or Hebrew, but I'm a study of Greek and Hebrew. And I understand that the, the, the Greek word used here is for men. I desire that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner. You see, even, you know, common sense would say, you know, that men should lift up in the same manner, you know, saying the opposite. Women. Adorn themselves in mother's apparel with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearl or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Let a woman learn in silence with all subjection. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. This is the word of the Lord, brethren. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 7. This is a faithful saying. If a man desire the position of a bishop, not a woman, that's the word of the Lord. He demand of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well. 
having his children in submission with all reference. For if a man does not know how to rule his own home, for emphasis I am stressing, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. White people in the world or our brethren who have gone transgress the word of God might say we are too narrow-minded because we preach against drunkenness. We will continue to show to the world and the church the evil fruits of drunkenness. First Peter 4.3. First Peter 4.3. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. Peter was telling this group of Christians, wait, there is a way we have lived our life in such a way that, you know, people are saying, but we are together. We used to do this together. But there is something he called, the kind of life they were living. He calls it the will of the Gentiles, the doings of the Gentiles, the attributes of the Gentiles, the characteristics of how the Gentiles behaves. When we walk, one, in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, reveries, drinking parties, and abominable adultery. I wrote an article, which level are you? And from First Peter chapter three, chapter four, verse here, three categories of people. Here, you have one. You know, you talk about drunken air, referee, drinking party. You, the drinking party, you read other translations, will tell you, you know, it belongs to social drinkers. Then you read another one, the one who who drinks and fall probably inside a gutter. And then you, you, you have the third category who goes every Friday, stroke Saturday, they're in the club. And so they go there, they make all kind of noise, they drink, they jump up, they jump down, you know, and do all of those. All the three categories of people are included in First Peter 4, 3. Now, many of our brethren are saying, Brother Roland, don't preach about alcohol here. Don't do that. Don't do it. You say, God sees my heart, provided I drink and I, I'm not drunk, that's fine. Don't, don't, don't. You never can tell where you cross, cross where you cross the limits. Where? The Bible says, make no provision for the flesh. That is, don't provide the flesh with the means with which to survive. That's, that's scripture. That's lesson for another day. But our brethren are saying, listen, these are the kind of teaching we do that makes the church not to grow. We need to accommodate people. And when we do this kind of preaching, it scares away people. It makes people not to want to come into our midst. Brethren, there is nothing that solidifies the faith like sound doctrine. 
It is only sound doctrine that can build us up. And the moment we are afraid to cause sin by their name, I repeat, the moment we fail to cause sin by the name it bears, we are allowing iniquity to grow in the lost church. That is not the kind of church that Christ is coming to hand over to the Father. The church must be spotless. Revelation 21 verse 8. But the cowardly, the fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerer, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the revelation which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I read Revelation 21 verse 8. I'm showing that if I'm saying it by the words of mouth and I'm not reading it, then somebody say, Roland, you are too harsh. You are not speaking with love. But now I'm reading what the Bible says, what the word of God says. If we allow the word of God to speak for itself, then we will not have a problem. God put it there for a reason, for us, that you and I will not fall victim of this kind of vices. For God has called us to a life of virtues. Just what was there about Jeroboam's worship that was so wrong? Jeroboam's worship was similar to the original pattern in several ways. Now I want you to look at it. Just a little difference. My attention was called to a particular teaching. And why? I was deliberating with my wife that, really? I, I, I've got to, uh, you know, and, and we're, we're thinking in our head. What? And then we call the fellow in question. I said, look at it. And he said, no, 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 that, that's not how he was looking at it. That, uh, this is how he was looking at it. And practically, you know the question, the, the, what he said in questions? Now, his conviction is that anything, lesson for another day, which I believe Brother Jacob have done, you know, here severally, is that anything God did not expressly condemn is allowed. That opened a floodgate of error. And that's his position is that there is nothing wrong. If music, if we to be using, not to use instrument of music, if we use it, there is nothing wrong. You have just opened a floodgate of error. There is no way the Bible speaks of Jesus ever becoming a priest after the order from the priesthood of Judah. No way. Hebrews 7.14. What that means is this. Only those who qualify to serve as priesthood, as we will see, you know, are the children of Levites from that tribe. And because Jesus is not from the tribe of Levi, he couldn't have become a, a high priest in the order, right? Because Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. And concerning the tribe of Judah, nothing was mentioned 
concerning priesthood. Therefore, Jesus had to come in the order of Melchizedek to be qualified to serve as a high priest for the children of God. So God says nothing concerning that. Now, do we conclude then, because God said nothing about the tribe of Judah being a priest, that Jesus is qualified to serve in that? No, he won't qualify to serve under the tribe of Judah. So the silence of the scripture does not mean permissiveness. But that is where Jeroboam's worship was similar to the original pattern in several ways. But we need to be aware. I want to show just a slide. The two red I, I highlighted is where I want to read. Jeroboam made a feast in the eighth month on the 15th day of the month, like the feast which was in Judah. Even in the month which he had devised in his own heart. Now, look at it. This will have a meaning to you. Do you see 1 Kings 12, 31 to 33? I want to move forward. I want to show you something. Now, look at it. The Lord's mandate for his people is that that feast must be held on the 15th day of the seventh month. Numbers 29, 12. Do you see? 15th day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. This is Jeroboam's compromise. Look at it carefully. Look at what he did. 15th day, it looks similar, right? But he changed the seventh month to eighth month. He just shifted the, the goalpost. He just shifted it a bit. That's all he did. You see, it looks similar. And so 1 Kings 12, 32 say, Jeroboam is today a feast on the eighth month on the 15th day like the feast which is in Judah. It looks similar but not the same. That's how the devil works, the craftiness. And that is how false teachers work. They bring something very close by. And then you begin to think, oh, it looks close. No, no, no not too bad. Yeah, not, not too bad. Oh, it is bad. You are going onward. You are transgressing. Second John 9, don't forget. So what was there about Jeroboam's worship that was so wrong? It was unauthorized by God. God did not authorize it. It had wrong motive. Jeroboam said in his heart, if I allow them to go and worship in Jerusalem, now the heart of the people will turn away from me. You ask the question, why do people do what they do today? Most false teachers, why do they them? He wanted power for himself. Maybe some preacher need some paycheck today. And so they must preach whatever will bring money into their pockets. They don't care. I care. And glory be to God, the only reason I'm here tonight is because I love that this congregation is standing for the truth. Amen. Thank you. And I want to encourage you to continue. Just what was there about Jeroboam worship that was so wrong? The worship, the wrong object. He gave them, he says, just imagine, he gave them golden calf. He said, this is the God who brought you out of Egypt. And the people, one went to Dan, one came to Bethel, and they are worshiping a golden calf. 
That's what can happen to our hearts when we do not decide to follow what God says. They use the wrong method. In the, in the, he, he, he used the wrong method in the selection of the priesthood. He changed the date of the feast and he created a different altar other than the location that God has specified in Jerusalem. He had the wrong source of authority. Conclusion. That is how I sum it. But let me say these few things. Do not think that everything that we have looked at tonight could not happen to us today is already happening. To begin to cry out for change in the church. Let there be change. Let us be contemporary. Let us be forward-looking. And so what we have seen so far, so good, that is going on within the brotherhood, is there is change in our worship. Instrument of music is now being introduced. Women are now leading. Women are now praying in the general assembly. And make no mistake, I'm not saying that women cannot work for God. That's not what I'm saying. But in the scripture, just as I have read to you, God has not situated them in the position where they will stand as I'm standing to be ministering to the congregation. That's not how God has designed it. There is a place for women in the church that they can function to the glory of God. There is now change in church organizations. Just any kind of change is okay. Such an attitude can destroy the church. You know why? A little leavens, leavens the whole lumps. Galatians 5.19. Will it be worth it to pervert the worship of the church like Jeroboam perverted? The worship in Israel? No. So the leadership of this congregation is saddled with the responsibility to see to what spring forth from your pulpits. The leadership of this congregation is saddled with the responsibility with what is fed to each member of this congregation. You need to see to how they grow. Let us be the time in our heart that we will work together as a congregation. We will follow what the Bible says regardless what of what others say or what other people are doing. You know why? In the wisdom of God, God made it that each congregation are not so tied together. I'll say it again, maybe in a more clearer form. The lost church is order the way that this local congregation is not taking order from any human headquarter, but only from the word of God as the source of our authority. God made it that so that if this congregation want to err from the will of the Lord, the next congregation over there will still be standing for what is right. So God did it that way to circumvent wholesale apostasy. So if all the congregation around you decide not to follow the Lord, and this congregation resolve to do that which is found in the word of God, in may you will be placing in the sight of God. 
Thank you for your audience. I've taken a bit of your time, but it's worth it. I appreciate you. Let us not become discouraged. Let us be encouraged. Let us continue to stand for what is right. And as we do, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen.